Good morning, Mrs. Strawberry, and good morning, Mrs. Ginger. I am your host, Shane Adamchuk, and my guest this episode is a NIDA graduate and professional auditionee, Josh Crane, and we're going to try and make the world a better place one word at a time. Our word this week is highly topical. It's Ginger. Ginger. This podcast goes for 25 minutes, but first, as always, it is time for the three-point check and some home truths. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you. How is your head, your heart, and your tummy? Well, my, my heart is full. I'll start with heart. Strong start. Yeah, I, I have a very full heart. I have a beautiful little girl yep. who's the funniest, most entertaining thing in the world. A uh, bit of hard work, but, you know, we are toilet training at the moment, which makes things difficult. But despite all the mistakes, all the things that happen, she keeps my heart very full. That is fantastic. Yes. How old is your, your young daughter? Uh, two and a half. It's a good, it's a fun age. Yeah, fun age. A mischievous age. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she's also awesome. actually uh, born on a very awesome date, the 9th of the 9th, 19. Oh, that's pretty cool. Can't forget that. It's one. no two, 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 but it's not no, bad. No, no. <laughs> that would have been an awesome one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yes, um, so my heart is full. My head is a little bit sore. I've had a pretty late night and not much sleep. Um, not sort of like a alcohol or anything like that, but just like a, just a bit spacey, I guess. It happens, yeah. It happens. Um, stressful times as well for for um, many actors, as, as as you know. No, it's, why? Am I, really? Did I miss something? <laughs> did I miss the email? Yes, it's um, taxing. Auditions are very few and far between. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, and um, also uh, given the fact um, I'm in Perth. Um, with the lockdowns and stuff, it wasn't such an issue before, but now with the lockdowns and also, you know, I think that Mark McGowan is doing a great job, but for my particular profession, if you're wanting to go over East yeah, to do stuff, it's tricky. To, yeah. It feels like, especially if you're in the, in the industry, although uh, the state has just opened up at, at roughly at time of recording, yes. uh, it feels <laughs> like in the industry has taken a little bit of a step backwards for us. We've yeah. got a lot more restrictions. There's a lot of things we can't do again. I know, I know. And ironically, um, this is the second time we supposedly opened up. Yeah. You know, it was the second, was it, no, 4th of February um, initially. Mm. And interestingly, Around that time, when the East thought that we were opening up, I got about three auditions. Yeah, like straight away for Eastern State stuff. They're like, "Great, WA's open. Let's, Let's get do some. it." Yeah, I think a lot of people had plans working around that date. I was yeah. one of those people, and yeah, had to right. cancel those plans. Oh, what was that? Uh, I was supposed to go to the Adelaide Fringe oh. um, to do a, a toy exhibition, and just because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get back, uh, yeah, so right. I had to cancel those plans. Turns out, in hindsight, I kind of would have worked but I didn't know that at the time so I couldn't risk it yeah right it's great great fun not really but <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah head fuzzy head fair enough bit fuzzy bit stressy that's yeah. that's just life at the moment I think for a lot of people um, tummy's a bit hungry bit hungry bit hungry you haven't had lunch yet haven't had lunch yet yeah oh maybe I can I can hook you up with a banana <laughs> well funny you say that I had a banana on the way here oh there you go <laughs> more like potassium am I right yeah. absolutely alright so as far as the three point check goes not too bad okay. bit of a roller coaster, <laughs> but uh, they definitely seem to be improving to the ones I was doing this time last year I can imagine yeah which yeah. is nice to say um, now as my guest yes. on the show you get to ask me a question it can mm. be as serious as or silly as you like, and my only job is to give you an honest answer. So the floor is okay. yours to ask anything you would like. Well, I thought I'd actually go a little bit serious mm-hmm. on, on this one. Um, Great. Um, to contextualise it, I've, 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 you know, 
been sort of like uh, seeing your work for a long time and stuff like that, and I know that a lot of it is self-produced, well, almost all of it is self-produced. A lot of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how did that begin for you, and what is your, um, like, how do you keep yourself focused and driven? And you sort of, you, you've got your hands in a few pies as well. So many goddamn pies. <laughs> I should, next thing I'm going to do is open a pie shop, incidentally. Oh, yeah. funny that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is a good question. I think it mainly came about because a lot of the work I did, especially early on in my career, was within the world of fringe festivals, which is yeah. still very much my sort of bread and butter in the before times. Yes. <laughs> um, and a lot of that just becomes sort of being a one-man band where you need to be your own sort of media team, your own publicity, your yeah. own producer. And I, I mean, there's a part of that that I like having that amount of control, I guess, over a, a project. Um, and just in terms of like the artistic side of things. Um, and just out of necessity, I think, a little bit. Because yeah. I mean, like if, if I had the money to pay a bunch of people to do the 10 sure. different jobs <laughs> I do on every show, I would love to do that as well. Mm. Um, but you also have to be a little bit more open to releasing a little bit more of that control over certain aspects. Whereas I know that if I do the graphic design for a show, mm. the post is going to be the way I want it. I don't have to do a lot of back and forth. So I'll just do my own graphic design. That's just easier. But yeah, I think it mainly just came out of just jumping straight into fringe festivals as soon as I finished Whopper. And that was just mm. kind of the vibe and the people I work with, I saw them doing, doing it all themselves and just that, that control that they had over those projects. Was, was that, you did the acting course at Whopper? I did, uh, it was called a BA in Theatre Arts at the time. It's changed right. names many, many times uh, since I did it. But yeah, it's essentially acting, uh, producing and directing. And so writing. similar to what um, VCA does. Cause I don't yeah. Think yeah, so it sort of encompasses um, the acting, but it gives you a, a little bit more of the outside yeah. eye. So it's sort of well. like trying to lead, uh, send you in the direction of being a maker. Yeah, as opposed to yeah, a, yeah, yeah, creator, a collaborator, and mm. um, yeah, I've always, I mean, I love working with other people, but I also like just sitting down, writing a script, and going, okay, this is what we're doing. These are the dates. Let's make this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's something I um, because of the times, am somewhat envious, envious of mm. um, the way the VCA and that sounded like that course. You, you did. It was great. Yeah, it was yeah. a great course. It still it still exists in in one form or another, but it's not called yeah. that anymore. Yeah. Right. So you, you're a NIDA graduate? Yes. A relatively a, recent relatively NIDA graduate. Recent, yeah. Um, how did you find that experience? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, well, it's full on. Yeah. You know, you're there um, six till, oh, sorry, uh, eight till six, um, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you're not doing the shows. So in, in second and third year, we do um, two shows. Yeah. Um, but it's, you, you're throwing a lot of stuff, you know, and... Um, also, when I when I arrived, it was a new head of acting. Oh, okay. So my first year, his first year, and so there was a direct line. You could see the pedagogical kind of line when we first started in first year, but he came in and went, "You know what? I'm not 100 percent on all of this," and kind of shifted everything. Yeah, right. So we sort of got part of the training, and then it went in this whole other direction. So we had this awesome teacher, KLS. Uh, Kristen Landon Smith, who um, taught us uh, the pleasure to play, it was like this um, sort of very misery um, acting sort of technique, and um, which was fantastic. You sort of go in this direction, and then she was sacked. Ah, oh, cool. It's like, oh, okay. So who? And then everything went um, not not to diss it, but everything went in the Stanislavski sort of. So it was a bit of a left turn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can kind of relate because the course I did, we were like sort of the pilot 
uh, year. So we were the first right, year to right. graduate from that program. So things were constantly changing and adjusting uh, for us and especially for the years below us. So, yeah, and it's a difficult thing where you start you start sort of heading down one track and you think this is sort of the way that yeah. you're going to be trained and then you get all these sort of left and right turns here, which is, I mean, it's, it's good to have all those different um, influences and people so you can mm. kind of pick and choose techniques that you like and yeah. then what works for you, um, but also it, it can be quite jarring. Yeah, yeah, it, it, well, and the same thing happened with film. So um, we had like, there was like a set-up film studio, the Reg Grundy film studio thing, mm-hmm. and we had a... Kill myself, but I can't think of the name. Um, the teacher who did that, she directed like loads of Home and Away and sure. stuff like that. And so you could see the direction that that was going, and then she was sacked. Cool. Yeah. So it sort of, and and then like we're sort of playing. This is sort of towards the end of first year, and then it's almost like in second year we started again. Yeah. With John's John Bash with the head of direct, head of acting, um, his sort of pedagogy. Um, which was good, and in the end, it sort of started making sense mm-hmm. and working. And then we had a CEO change, and um, God, yeah, rough, rough. Yeah, it was like a, it was a, like everything's going on, and you know, and the world politically was going crazy because obviously Donald Trump was elected in what sixteen. Yeah. Um, so everyone's going, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, I was living in Canada at the time, so yeah. that oh, was because wow. uh, being closer to it was such a bizarre thing because everyone mm. was like. You know, even in Australia at the time, like we felt a little bit more removed from that, I think. But being so close to it, I was like, oh, this is like really affecting like my friends, like in a very, very weird yeah. way. Well, like and it that has, was really eye opening yeah. for me. It, it's, it's, been, it, it's been a fascinating shift in politics. You know, like people who were very fringy, yeah. suddenly they're in the spotlight. Yeah. And um, they've got their voice, they've found their voice mm-hmm. as intelligent as it made. Be or yeah. not be, um, but yes. Yeah, so so that was going on at the time that had happened, and that also I think led to um, the Me Too, yeah thing. Um, you know, a fantastic movement. Um, but what that did in the acting, you know, the very clicky kind of circles that you're in. Yeah, totally. Um, was like everyone was really on edge. Yeah, and, and when you're in a rehearsal room or in a space, and like you have to deal and navigate these sort of uh, whether it be sexual innuendo or violence, or, yeah, and you're looking at classical text a lot of the time. There's a lot of that. Famously known yeah. for being woke. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like all the all the blokes were on edge. Yeah, you know, um, and um, yeah, we actually had so funny. So like towards the end of third year, we had um, started meeting with industry professionals and stuff like whether, whether they be actors or agents or um but this this one guy who was an actor um and a writer and a producer and stuff he came in and we're all sitting there in a semicircle and he went around and pointed at every single white guy yeah and said you guys are really going to struggle mm. like once you get out of here like you're not cool anymore yeah you know <laughs> and it, that had all shifted in that sort of three-year period. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Where, um, and you know, it's a touchy, touchy one because, you know, I'm definitely on the side that there's been a lot of underrepresentation. Sure, absolutely. In, in film and TV and theatre and everything. But on the other side of that coin, I'm like, but now it's like, but that's me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
like I can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a. It's a it's a very difficult thing to to navigate, mm. isn't it? As a mm. as a as a guy, be like, well, yeah, I, I support it, but also I still want to get. I want to have a, I want to have a go. <laughs> yeah, I still want to get a turn. Yeah. Um, we do need to get to the word that. You oh, bigger pun. Um, rambling. But on. before we do, I do have to mention one thing that. I don't know if I knew this already, um, but I, I had a cheeky look at your IMDb just before you came over. Yeah. And I didn't know that you were on Ship to Shore. Oh, yes. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. For <laughs> any internationals, Ship to Shore was like uh, an Australian kids show in the 90s filmed on Garden Island, I think. Uh, they did some for stuff. For the most part. It was well, not what I did. I think they Okay. Because I did the third season, um, the, the season no one remembers. Um and that was filmed. The outside stuff was at a like a a, a place in Rockingham. They'd, okay, they'd made the thing, and the inside stuff was a studio in oh, some warehouse. But it was it was here yeah. here in Western Australia, yeah, all, all down south. Down and down it was like it was one of the, like it's it's up there in especially in WA with like beloved children's TV shows. Yeah. Like it's up there with Round the Twist, especially in WA. I think. Yeah. Um, right. Was that a good experience for you? Uh, well, I was about 12. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned how to swear. Cool. Because, um, you know, crews don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a really uh, awesome experience. Like, I missed the entirety of um, Year 7 um, and had, like, a tutor oh, wow. on set and stuff because I was there every day. Um, it was a wild thing when I look back on it. I'm, I'm actually, ironically, I'm working with... Um, a girl just at a cafe who was in the same show. Oh right! And we've been talking about it a little bit, and um, she was she's she has, she did three seasons, um, all three seasons. So she's got a bit more of a memory of it, sure, than I do. And I'm going, man, they got away with stuff that you, you could never. Oh yeah, like, some of the stuff in the night, like you watch some episodes of that show, you watch some of the stuff like. Like some of the stuff in Round the Twist, it's like holy shit, you couldn't Fox do that stuff. Episode. Yeah, there's some like, weird stuff you could yeah. not do in kids shows today. No, yeah. but, but not well, so, you could, but it would be real risky. Not so much the the content, but also the um, like the way we were kind of treated. Yeah, right. You know, like there was this one particular director who she'd remind me of, who would just like you know grab you by the scruff of the neck and mm. you know this is what you got, you know, we've wasted this much film. This yeah, is, yeah. This is pre-digital, obviously. Yeah, of course. So film is fucking expensive. Yeah. And, um, you know, do this and like, crews just like, smoking around you and swearing and all this sort of stuff, like stuff that would, like I reckon, as a film set today involving underage kids, yeah, would just be so kosher. Yeah, Everything absolutely. Would be, like, every single box ticked. Um, well, this may lead a little bit into the word that you've picked, which is mm. uh, ginger. Ginger. Uh, it's, a, it's a word that I can relate to. I can certainly you relate to You've got two gingers right here in the room. This could start a fire. <laughs> this, this is dangerous. Could. We're not even really supposed to do this legally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but I'd like, like to know why you, why you picked the word ginger. Well, I'm just... Because I, I feel for myself, um, you know, as, as a ginge growing up mm-hmm. um, in primary school and, and high school, you, you get, you're a target. Yeah, you, you get picked on, and to this day, it's one—it's one of the few things that, like, even the woke generation will still pick on gingers. I reckon that it's still okay. Would you agree? Yeah, it's one of those weird ones where I'm like, well, I, yeah, I don't know if it, <laughs> where this fits into the cultural landscape of yeah. harassment, but it doesn't yeah. feel great. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the weird thing was like growing up. I I don't feel like I 
Like my hair sort of, depending on the time of year, alternates between quite being quite blonde and being quite red. Right. Um, and it, I, I don't really ever remember being picked on for being ginger in school. It was more like the glasses thing more than anything else. Oh, okay. oh yeah, double whammy. Yeah, the double whammy. I had braces as well in year 11, oh, so true. I had the trifecta of <laughs> just like, what a catch. Yeah. What is this, a skinny dude with long, long mm-hmm. ginger hair. And we all thought we looked like Kurt Cobain, but really we looked like the band Hanson. <laughs> And let's, <laughs> let's admit it, fellas, we yes. did. Um, but but I'm interested because, yeah. like, uh, for, for myself, like, I, I sort of turned that teasing into trying to entertain, yeah, like be the funny guy, or yeah, yeah. you know, is that because? And, and I feel like it in in that, it, with respect to that, kind of led to me wanting to be a performer. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I definitely made friends through humour. Uh, you know, and it was, again, it was like the late 90s, early mid 90s and like, you know, doing impressions or yep. doing comedy bits from, I don't know, Jim Carrey movies or whatever. Yeah. And you get laughs and that's how you make friends and that's how you can kind of like float between the different like cliques in yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah. Like, I did the I same. I can hang out with the yeah. sports guys. They think I'm funny and oh, the music yeah. guys think I'm funny and whatever. And that's how you kind of just sort of just sneak through the cracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so how, how do you feel like the... um Ginge experience sort of led to your big. Do you feel like the two are related? I, yeah, I do. I think like what you said, like finding friendship through humour. I mean, like, yeah. oh, if I'm if I'm funny, people will like me, and then yeah. that sort of teachers seeing that and leading me onto the stage has definitely like played a part in in what I do now. Yeah, yeah. And even like when I was doing stand up, a lot of that was like very bingo t- bango bingo bango <laughs> a very disturbing clown duo I was uh, allegedly involved with I say, <laughs> I say nothing um, and even like the Zach Adams stuff was all like very yeah. self deprecating humour um, mm. very tongue in cheek and very self aware um, and I think that kind of stemmed from from that kind of kind of thing yeah yeah yourself as well I think so I, I feel I feel like um, if it wasn't for having to compensate um, for being a little bit different yeah um, like I, I, I wonder what it'd be like if I if if I'd be in this sort of world. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, it's just a something yeah. else. It was one of my shower thoughts. Yeah, it was one of those things where I like. I remember when there was a South Park episode about it where Carlton oh, went. Ginger has he no went song, yeah, yeah, went real hardcore on gingers, and I feel like that was that was, that was the first time I'd really been like, oh, do we do we get picked on for? Mm. For that and I was like, damn. And then I feel like it became a thing after that. More, I than think, before. yeah, yeah. Because I remember, you know, people saying, "Oh, you don't have a soul, though." Yeah, like what? Oh, fucking South Park. Yeah, you know? damn it. <laughs> what? Yeah, we were getting picked on by South Park before Kanye. We were doing. It I know. Cool, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and do you feel like it's been a help or a hinder? I mean, it does set uh, us uh, apart a little bit in terms of the uh, the physical landscape of, of actors. Uh, well, well, I just got um, with the announcement of um, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Not sorry, not Boba Fett. Um, um, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, when the preview came out, friends sent me screenshots of Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And saying, "Oh my God, is this you?" It, is I that, actually that? now that yeah, I'm getting the you've got the you've got the pretty well sculpted beard. Well, thank you. Yeah. If, I'm not trying to be Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm not trying to steal this job. If you need an understudy. I mean, that, you'd, you'd take yeah. the gig, surely you would. Oh, absolutely. I always feel like I could always fill in for C three PO. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. the body type. For you, it, you could you know. fit in the armor. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon I could make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your, uh, regardless of uh, gender, race, any of that kind of stuff, physical mm. appearance, dream, dream role that currently oh. exists? It currently exists. Yes. Oh man. Um, 
Like, so like literally anything you want could get rebooted, remade. Yeah, and you'd be yeah. Like, oh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm Darth Vader now. But yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever you would like. Oh, uh, I don't know. Like I always. I'm little law for nanny. Let's make this happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always been attracted to um, like the the bad guy. Sure. Like, I, I did a show um a while ago the uh, the homecoming the Harold Pinter mm-hmm. play where I got to play Lenny, and oh my god that was. So much fun because the guy is an absolute asshole, yeah, and like the most evil sort of dude. Um, and and ironically, he was like, This is when I was in uni, uh, not not a, a other uni before that, and um, yeah, so he, he's like a character that you know is he openly talks about raping women, and mm-hmm. and all, and then part of the main structure of the play is that um, that. Teddy, his brother, comes home with his wife, and Lenny is just all over his wife in yeah. front of. Ted. And that's that's the big thing, and like actually gets her, as he says. And I did that show. I was just doing the most awful things and saying the most awful things. And my student, the student body, and the people who came to see it, like the women just suddenly. I, I was so popular. Yeah. All the girls loved me. Well, just all of us. <laughs> to be able to show that range as well, and to be able yeah. to have a role like that as an actor when mm. you are like a nice guy who's maybe a bit funny and usually gets maybe sort of pigeonholed a bit more into like the nice guy funny role. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, you know, I've kind of experienced myself mm. to play something gritty like that. Like when I played um, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. Yeah, yeah. Like that was just such a role to to sink my teeth into because it was totally. so removed from myself. Yeah. And again, like yeah, it was like people were just like, oh shit, this guy is. Uh, he's he's got, got range. He's got range. He's <laughs> acting. I'm like, yeah, I, I told you the whole time I could. <laughs> it's one of the really hard things. Uh, how long have we got? We've got about we've got about three and a half minutes. Three I'll be quick. Um, one of the difficult things when you come out of drama school and you do your showcase and all that stuff yeah. is you have to do these very small scenes. Either a, you do a duet with someone else um, on stage, then there's another filmed duet you do with someone else. And because they're so short, like we're talking two to five minutes max, you kind of have to go towards comedy. Yeah. You know, you have to get people cooked, you hook, hook them in, really yeah. quick. You can't. Uh, really do anything dramatic. So when all these agents and stuff come and see you, they see everyone doing comedy. Yeah. And like, I know, like my agents are like, they're putting me up for comedic stuff all the time. Which is great. And agents, if you're listening, don't stop doing don't it. Don't stop doing it. But, um, yeah. yeah. But it's like, oh, can I, I can also do this stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, but you so, say, I guess to answer your question, um, I would love to play a really cool bad guy. Yeah, um, bad guys would be fun. Like, I've been re-watching Vikings recently, like, the main guy in Vikings. Oh, I can see you rocking a Viking, yeah. Viking look. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about sort of the changing landscape of, yeah. of the entertainment industry and acting, being a child star, yeah. uh, dream roles, and what it's like uh, to be a ginger just in the industry and in life. How can we <laughs> use all of this and anything else to, to try and make the world a better place? How can we use that to... Well, I think um, it's not just... The arts world, yeah, that's that's changing, and I think that you know, with all sorts of um, people and businesses and stuff working from home and kind of having to be a bit more self-sufficient, sure, uh, I think that we should embrace that, yeah, as a as a society, and start really, because you know, you kind of you can get boxed and compartmentalized um, when you choose your career, when you and you're just like, oh, this is this is my space, this is what I do, this is the person I, you know look up to this is the person I look down to that kind of thing but I think if people embrace being more self-sufficient and their own sort of bosses 
so to speak, yeah, um, it could be a really interesting thing. Um, I'm not quite sure what I'm saying, but does that sort of make being a little bit more independent and being like yeah. get, having some more up and good get up rather than re- like relying on that phone call for for gigs, maybe? Yeah, yeah, and it's something I need to get better at. <laughs> Hey, Definitely. So it's, it's all I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're an inspiration in that respect. Oh, thank you very much. And <laughs> and me to you. Right. Um, we're almost out of time. Josh. Sure, sure. Uh, if people want to find you online, uh, where can oh. you find you? If, if you want them to be yeah, able to find you, um, otherwise make up a fake Twitter account now. <laughs> I, I don't have a, a Twitter. Um, uh, you're on IMDb, though. I'm on Twitter, which I haven't... I didn't even know. Well, you are. <laughs> um... Oh, you can find me at um, almost Joshua at almost Joshua Crane. Um, no, mostly Joshua Crane. Now I updated it um, <laughs> on, uh, okay. on Instagram, um, but I don't. I'm not a big social media person. And that's, like, that's like, uh, fine. Yes, I don't do much posting. You but... seem a lot more well adjusted than most people. That <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I think. Um, so thanks so much for being here, My talking pleasure. about Ginge, and um, yep. let's work together at some point. Absolutely, that'll be so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and time. Cool. Hey there, folks. Thanks so much for checking out the latest episode of Good Morning, Mrs. Strawberry. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want to help us out and help the channel grow, make sure you like, subscribe wherever you get your good podcasts, and help us out by leaving a rating on those websites where you can leave ratings for podcasts. Also, if you'd like to check out some of the other stuff I've been doing, you can check out Cube Boy Collectibles. That's right. If you head to cubeboycollectibles.square.site, you can check out my art toys, art prints, skateboard decks, and other weird stuff I've been creating over the last year and a half. There's also stickers, button badges, postcards, and whole bunch of other stuff that's cubeboycollectibles.square.site check it out i hope you like it thanks for listening to the podcast enjoy the rest of your lives